You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. Hello, everyone. Matt Clark, research analyst with Money and Markets with your weekend edition of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Now, as you guys know, if you've been listening over the last couple of weeks, um, we've kind of changed things up a little bit. And, and today, like we have uh, the last two weeks, Adam, uh, Adam O'Dell, our chief investment strategist, uh, uh, as well as Green Zone Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore and myself are going to bring you three credible buy recommendations today. Uh, these are ones that you uh, want to jot down, you want to pay attention to. We're going to tell you uh, what they are and why, uh, why we think that they are buy recommendations for your portfolio today. So uh, get ready for that. Before I get started, though, I want to remind you, make sure you visit moneyandmarkets.com each and every day for a safe, sound, profitable investment information for your portfolio. Adam, Charles, myself, uh, amongst many others, uh, work very hard uh, to make sure that you have uh, information each and every day from Sunday to Saturday. Uh, you have uh, you know two, three, four uh, various uh, different content pieces of content there to uh, help bolster your uh, your returns and, and your gains. And also, while you're there, make sure you sign up for our free daily e-letter. Uh, do so just by putting in your email address, and each and every day you get uh, all that content to you delivered to your email for free. So check all that out at moneyandmarkets.com. Now, the format here is pretty simple. Um, basically, we just go around the table and we talk about the stocks that we are going to uh, lay out uh, on the table for you and then give you our reasoning as to why uh, we, are, uh, we are selecting those stocks. So I'm going to start today a little differently. I usually started with Charles. Uh, I'm going to start today with uh, Chief Investment Strategist, Adam Odell. Adam, first off, hello. Welcome, uh, welcome back. And uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, what's, uh, what stock is, uh, is, is, has, got, uh, has got your head uh, today? Yeah, so this week I wanted to share uh, what is something, uh, something of a more speculative stock. And I say that because the, pro the company is just kind of teetering on profitability. They, they are profitable. They've uh, had positive earnings per share uh, for the past five quarters, but it took them a few years to get here. Um, they work in an industry, you know, last week or the week before, I, I recommended a stock, uh, Westlake Chemical Partners, an MLP, that supplies um, the, basic, the basic building block of all plastic production. And um, the anecdote I used there was that, um, you know, we're not going to stop making plastics. We're actually trying to figure out how to recycle and reuse plastic waste to make biofuel rather than trying to figure out how to produce less plastics. Um, and, and kind of in a similar fashion, um, the industry, the, or the kind of the business uh, that I'm looking at today is digital marketing. Uh, digital marketing is not going away. It's so much cheaper for small companies to advertise via internet, via Facebook and Google, using digital marketing than it is for them to spend on uh, television ads. Just to kind of give you an idea of how uh, digital marketing is not going to be going away. Uh, if you think back to last year, 2020, uh, there was that Facebook boycott where you know, people were upset with boy, uh, Facebook that they weren't censoring some, uh, some ads and uh, some posts. And so they kind of banded together and this, these were big companies. We're talking about like Unilever and Verizon and Coca-Cola and these big companies all banded together and decided to boycott. Uh, putting advertising on Facebook for a while. Well, you know, a lot of people thought, oh no, this is kind of the death knell for Facebook. This is going to you know, put them under. But an interesting statistic is that the top 100 advertisers on Facebook only make up 6% of Facebook's total revenue. So it's really a lot of the smaller companies that advertise on Facebook. They, they did not boycott the same way. They need Facebook. They need the digital marketing to, to reach customers. And so that's really, um, you know, it's, it didn't hurt Facebook's business at all. In Q2 of 2020, they brought in $18.8 billion and 1.8 uh, earnings per share. That was 30% higher than analysts expected. 
They did even more in Q3, 21.5 billion and 2.71 earnings per share. And then the fourth quarter, they did even more, 28 billion in sales and $3.88 earnings per share. All of those uh, numbers blew away analyst expectations and were uh, very large increases over the prior quarter. So my point in saying that is that it had really no effect on Facebook. And if you look at uh, Facebook stock sold off like 8% or so the day that most of those big companies came out uh, at the end of June, it bottomed, the stock bottomed the following day and it's up uh, more than 30% since then. So my whole point in saying all that is that digital marketing is not going away. It's the future of advertising and more and more increasingly small businesses are going to have to figure out how to get um, the most bang for their buck with digital marketing. And they're going to turn to consultants. They're going to turn to uh, digital marketing specialist firms that know how to reach customers and, and uh, marry those customers with the companies and the products that are trying to reach those customers. So the pick I have today, it's a little bit speculative in the sense that it is a high momentum stock, it is a high growth stock, and it's a very small company at just $530 million. Uh, the company is called Fluent. Uh, they're out of New York City. Uh, Fluent, the ticker symbol is FLNT. Um, so they basically are a digital marketing firm that has over 500 customers. They have about 30 million um, basically target users that have opted in. And that's, that's another big thing. I mean, they basically have created their own ecosystem of consumers and all of these consumers have opted in to receive advertising and to receive matches uh, through their platform. So I think that's, that's good because, you know, we've got plenty of spam out there today. Um, so basically that's, that's fluent, um, $530 million company. So it's a rather small company. This stock could uh, go 10 X and uh, the company would only be worth $5 billion. It's still a small fraction of what Facebook is. Um, so on, if you look at our six factor green zone rating model, it rates 92 on momentum, 98.5 on growth and 82 on size. So the value score and the quality score and the volatility score are just mediocre, but really you're getting a high growth company with Fluent. Um, over the past five years, they've grown their sales at an annual rate of 150%. And over the last year, they've really kicked in those sales and put them on the bottom line. Uh, earnings per share over the past one year are up 384%. So this is really a company that's in high growth mode. They've just figured out profitability. So I think their earnings per share are gonna continue to grow at double digits. Um, if you look at their fiscal year 2020, uh, they grew sales by 10% uh, more than the prior year, 2019, and they grew, grew earnings by about 17% more. So um, this isn't a great value stock on a price to earnings because the earnings are so small. But if you look at price to sales and price to book, um, Fluent actually rates a lot better than Facebook on those two metrics. The other thing I like about Fluent is they, they get a lot of bang for their buck per employee. Um, Facebook earns about $1,480 per in, in revenue per employee. Um, and uh, Fluent does a little bit better than that at $1,608. That's actually, I'm sorry, that's by a multiple of a thousand. So we're actually talking about $1.6 million and $1.4 million per employee. So they really get a lot of uh, bang for their buck out of each employee. Uh, so that's my pick, digital marketing firm Fluent, ticker symbol FLNT. A little bit speculative, it's a small stock, uh, but if you look at a weekly chart, this stock has bounced around at a low between $2 a share and $7 a share for the past several years. I think a bullish breakout could be in the, work of, in the works of the next year or two and uh, could send the stock a lot higher. So that's my speculative pick for this week, Fluent FLNT. 
I think it's very interesting. I, I like the digital marketing angle. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, I think it's just going to grow. Um, I talked about this in uh, our last Bull and Bear podcast in terms of how sales are done and how data and analytics are, are really playing a part in, in making very successful sales teams. And I recommended a company that, that is big with that. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I think that just falls right in line there that uh, you don't digital marketing companies are going to be turning more and more to digital marketing. And I, I really like this. I mean, I, I, it is speculative, it, 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 but I, I do like, uh, I do like the potential that's there. And I think it's, it, it when it takes off, I think it's going to be one of those headline making type takeoffs, uh, that you see, uh, every once in a while, um, switch gears now to uh, a green zone, uh, fortunes co-editor, Charles Sizemore, Charles, first off, welcome from, for all the way from Peru, uh, where you are, uh, spending, uh, a, a little bit there, a uh, visiting family and whatnot. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll ask you right away. What let's talk about what uh, what what's what's on your mind today in terms of uh, a stock recommendation. Well, uh, I, I like Adam's pick. I think <clears throat> he has correctly identified a trend that is absolutely not going away anytime soon, if ever. Uh, I'm going a very different direction, however. We're going gritty, dirty, industrial. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's been my theme for the last few weeks, and it's, it, th there's a reason. Um, you look at what governments have historically done when they're in a, a difficult economic uh, situation, a recession, depression, uh, just whatever, right? They oftentimes resort to, um, well, resort to sounds bad, that, that, that's a negative connotation, but they, in order to spur the economy, They'll do infrastructure spending. They'll do major infrastructure projects, you know, get people to work. Uh, we did that in the Great Depression, obviously. Uh, China's been doing it off and on for the last 10 years to keep their economic growth rates up. So that's really, um, that's, that's a standard economic playbook, right? And so there's going to be a lot of demand for building materials. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest function, or function's wrong word, one of the biggest, um, imperatives of the Biden administration is, of course, you know, building back better, going with a more green focus. But that's not, you know, in order to build green, it's not every project isn't green. You still just need basic materials in order to make the green projects as well, right? And so uh, with all that as a backdrop, my pick this week is uh, Boise Cascade. We're going all the way to Idaho. We're going from, uh, from South Florida to Peru to Idaho for this one. Uh, Boise Cascade is a, a wood products company. They make everything from two by fours to you know just big sheets of wood, all the the junk that gets used uh, in, in construction. So uh, I, I like this. You know, primarily I like the big macro trend supporting this. I, I do believe that over the next couple of years, you know, the economy it, it, we don't recover from something like the 2020 pandemic um, recession. We don't recover from that overnight. And right now, our economy is highly dependent on stimulus from the government and whatnot. That, that doesn't last forever. At some point, we really do need uh, you know, real economic activity, right? And part of that is going to be in, in just good old-fashioned construction. It's, it's a tried and true winner, and that's, I, I don't see another path forward other than that. So looking at, uh, looking at the model, this rate's exceptionally high. It rates a 98 overall, uh, which is which is not surprising at all. We, we only choose the ones that rate high, right? So, <laughs> but uh, this is where it gets a lot more fun. Digging into the details, uh, it rates exceptionally high on value. And I've said for a while that uh, I do believe value stocks will outperform this year. Uh, last year was very much a year for growth and momentum stocks um, that has 
carried over to some extent into this year, but at some point value does make a comeback and it looks like it may already be. Uh, this uh, Boise Cascade rates at 98 on value. But where it also gets fun is uh, it also rates a 95 on growth. So it's, it's unusual to have a stock that rates that high on value also rate that highly on growth. It's you know, it's not unheard of, obviously. Um, our highest rated stocks generally do rate fairly well on both, but it is, it's nice. This is a country that, this is a company that's been uh, ramping up its sales in recent years and yet it is still cheap. It's been largely overlooked. Investors have flocked to tech names and they just haven't been that interested in gritty industrial names. It rates exceptionally highly on quality as well at a 94. Uh, quality is, uh, you know, we quantify that in a couple ways, uh, mostly through profitability and balance sheet strength. Um, this rates, 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 wow, speak, Charles, need that extra cup of coffee this morning. It rates exceptionally high on the return ons, the return on investment, return on assets, return on equity. Uh, it, it, it rates exceptionally high there. It also rates very high on asset turnover. They're very efficient in using the assets on their balance sheet, which is noteworthy given that this is a company that does have a lot of inventory on hand. This is not a tech company that has its balance sheet light. This is an industrial company. Um, moving on, um, size is also, uh, it rates middle of the pack. Well, a little bit better middle pack. It rates uh, in, uh, 65 on size. Um, if we do believe that we are going to see a, a rotation out of, of large cap or, or a sustained rotation, I should say, out of large cap and into small and mid cap, uh, that does suit this company well. Uh, we'll see if that if that comes out, but um, it, it does at least rate in the top half there based on size. Um, momentum, it also rates fairly well. This has not been a high momentum stock by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, really, hardly anything outside of tech has been high momentum over the last year, but it still rates in the 60s. It rates about 62, which is which is definitely solid. And then finally, volatility. Um, it rates kind of middle of the pack in volatility. Um, all else equal, we like to see lower volatility stocks. This one's uh, very much middle of the pack. Um, it does lately, in the last couple of weeks, it has had a few swings on it. So if you do buy this one, do be prepared for a little bit of a roller coaster. You have to give this one a little bit of room to run, but I think the, uh, the overall trend supporting it are strong, and I think this is going to do well for us over the next year. It's a very interesting pick. I, you know, I, I, I like the infrastructure uh, angle there. I, I think you're right. I think, I think we're going to start seeing uh, you know, in more, more and more infrastructure projects, maybe not necessarily new projects, but perhaps redeveloped ones. I mean, you talk about roads and bridges. Uh, it's a lot easier to rehab a road and rehab a bridge than it is to build a brand new one. And, and I, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, obviously, you know, another, another thing to think about is home construction. Uh, you know, that this is, this is another avenue that as home sales start to squeeze a little bit because the inventory gets somewhat low, somewhat tighter, then you're going to start seeing more and more people want to build. Uh, and even as expensive as that can be, uh, building is still advantageous because buyers are, are in the mode of getting what they want, not settling for what someone else built. But so, you know, home building is another, uh, another, uh, I think another thing to look at here with Boise Cascade. I like it. I think, I think it's, uh, uh, got you know, Matt, there's actually another angle I completely forgot to mention. You, you, you jogged my memory with that. Uh, and that's inflation. I don't know that we're going to get inflation tomorrow. If, if I'm going, you know, my best guess, and I'm very clear on this, it is a guess. 
I think we're not going to have true inflation. We may get a, a small inflationary bump because of the big stimulus package that's, that's, that's you know, coming through. But I think that after that fades, inflation is still going to be a bit muted before eventually picking up potentially several months or a couple of years from now. Uh, this is a, uh, being a materials company like that, they, they benefit from inflation as, as do home builders, as do, um, well, not so much home builders, more homeowners. Just, just owners of real assets do benefit from inflationary trends. So that's, that's actually another entirely different tangent I didn't go on. <laughs> it's okay. I, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here to help. I'm, I'm here to walk you down the path. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, so we've got a, a digital marketing company. We have an industrial company that's going to play on infrastructure. I, I'm going to take a, 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 a completely different tack. And, and that's kind of the point of all this is that these picks that we bring you, these recommendations that we have for you uh, could come from anywhere. They're from any sector, uh, any market, anywhere. They could be anything. So that's why it's important to uh, you know, make sure you're you're listening in and 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 understanding kind of where we're coming from in terms of what we pick because it's not all just tech or it's not all just infrastructure or all just uh, consumer staples or can or you know there they could be anything that we do each and every week here. So I'm I'm a smart tech guy. I I love smart tech. I love smart tech stocks. I love smart tech gadgets. I, that's just I I really enjoy that. And and so today, um, what I want to talk about it relates to the Internet of Things. Now. When you first heard here the Internet of Things, it sounds just kind of head spinning. What is that? I mean, what, what is the Internet of Things? It, it just sounds kind of odd. Well, in simple terms, the Internet of Things is networking physical objects or things that are that have sensors or software or other technology, and the networking of those things connect and exchange data with other devices or systems over the Internet. So it's basically just taking one thing and connecting to the internet to transfer data to another thing. And, and these, uh, when the internet of things kind of first evolved, it was very, a very, very small uh, bit of products that, this, the, the, that it relates to. Well, now your home thermostat, your refrigerator, your appliances, smartwatches, you know, all these types of things are now considered the internet of things. And new models of these things that use sensors, um, you know, exchange data and other information using the internet. I mean, you can go to your fridge, your fridge can have a touchscreen that connects via the internet, tells you what you need to buy, and then you can connect that to, you know, uh, a smart device or your phone to translate that into a grocery list. Um, you know, I mentioned a smartwatch, Amazon Alexa, Google Home devices. These are also Internet of Things. These are, th these are, these are things that connect to the Internet to transfer data in, in whatever that data may be. Now, in 2017, uh, you know, this is a new concept. So going back to 2017, consumers spent about $110 billion on devices that you would consider part of the Internet of Things. And, and that may seem like a high amount, but wait, by 2025, that spending is expected to grow to $1.5 trillion. So from 2017, $110 billion, to 2025, of 1.5, almost $1.6 billion. Between 2020 and 2025, end user spending on Internet of Things devices will jump 531% because it is going to be how we communicate, it is going to be how we operate, how we, how we exist. We are using the Internet of Things to make our lives easier, to provide ourselves with assistance, to do whatever. That is kind of where the trend is shifting. And as you can see, that's a potentially huge market. 
So the stock that I'm recommending today is when you, when you hear it and if you know it, you're going to think, well, that's not really Internet of Things, but let me get to that. The company today is Synaptics Incorporated. It trades on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol SYNA. Now, again, Synaptics, you're thinking, well, that really isn't an Internet of Things company. Actually, it is. It started as a company that developed human interface products for electronic devices. And that's just a very complicated way of saying that they created touchpads for laptops, touch displays for smartphones and tablets and even automobiles. Like your, if your car has a touchscreen display, uh, Synaptics likely was one of the companies that helped build the components for it. Uh, they also helped uh, Apple with their fingerprint ID technology uh, that you can now use to unlock your smartphone. And so that's just kind of where they started. But the company has since transformed itself and it did so last year. In July of 2020, it acquired DisplayLink. This is a company that's based in California. It's one of the market leaders in selling components that, is, that are used in uh, universal PC docking stations. So, you know, if you work in an office and you have multiple things connected to your PC, but you only have maybe two USB ports, you have to get a docking station to make it work. So connecting a, a multiple screens, maybe a wired mouse, maybe, you know, whatever, a microphone like this, you know, you need some kind of a docking station. Well, they bought DisplayLink, which was one of the leaders in that field. They paid about $305 million in cash for DisplayLink. But perhaps the most important acquisition that Synaptics made came in the same month, just a little bit later. They spent $250 million and they bought Broadcom Incorporated's wireless Internet of Things business. That business included Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and GPS technologies. Um, and that acquisition made a lot of sense because Synaptic's CEO is Michael Hurlston. Michael Hurlston once ran that segment of Broadcom's business. So he knows what he's doing. He knows a lot of it. And it really paid off for the company in the fourth quarter. Synaptic's reported profits of about $2.30 per share. That was up over the $2.04 per share it reported the year before. And it also beat Wall Street consensus of $2.13 per share. So they basically knocked their profits per share out of the water in the fourth quarter. Also in that quarter, Synaptic's reported its highest gross margin, net income, and per share profits in the company's history. And this came just scant months after it made those acquisitions and spent about half a billion dollars to do so. Now, its projections only get better for the company. Um, if you look ahead to 2021 and beyond, the company expects to bring in an annual net revenue of more than $300 million in 2022 and 2023. And considering how their revenue was actually in the negative in 2018 to the tune of about $120 million, that is a huge turnaround in a very short amount of time. Um, and, and Synaptic's net revenue in 2020, around $100 million. Their projected revenue in 2022 and 2023, more than $300 million. So they all, what these short buys did for Synaptic's was transform its business out of something that is somewhat dated and has become a somewhat convoluted sector, and they're moving themselves into what they envision is the future, and I happen to agree with them. Um, these acquisitions, especially buying Broadcom's IoT business, are, are really going to keep paying huge dividends for the company down the road. Uh, and it's translate, it's going to translate into big gains for, for you as a shareholder. Um, in March of 2020, shares of Synaptics uh, grew, uh, since their March low, grew about 159% to where they're priced today. Uh, and that share price got a nice boost um, you know, in July after the acquisitions were announced. And, and they started to build back up even after that and into the first of 2021. 
And all this is because the company has transformed itself to from, from providing components for PC makers to a company that makes parts that are using Internet of Things devices. And these things include surveillance cameras, doorbells, drones, smoke detectors, all these types of things that you wouldn't necessarily think have an Internet of Things component, but most of them actually do. Uh, and just about any other device outside of smartphones and computers that connect to the Internet wirelessly, Synaptics is having their finger in it in some form or fashion. So this, transfer, uh, this, this is also a transformation from very small margins in the mobile industry to considerably higher margins with producing even semiconductors for the Internet of Things devices. So I looked at Adam's uh, Green Zone ranking system. Synaptics ranks an 87 overall. Uh, that means that only about 13% of all the other companies that we rank are actually higher. Um, it, it's, it has great return on investments, return on equity, and return on assets. They're much better than the average for the semiconductor manufacturing industry. That earns it a 90 on quality. Uh, it comes with solid sales growth, as, uh, as I've illustrated. So it ranks an 81 on, on the growth metric. Uh, it does has a, have a decent uptrend where it, uh, in terms of its stock price, it scores a 74 on momentum. Very little downswing here. Um, its volatility is kind of mid-range, a little bit higher than I, a little bit high, which is nice. I like the score of 63, uh, considering how it's tech and how things have kind of uh, swung back and forth a little bit. I'm okay to take that. I think it's still in the green in terms of volatility score, so I, I like that. Its price its price to ratios are less than the industry average. It scores a 50 on value. Um, which is right in the mid-range. It's not great, but then it's not bad. Um, I, I don't know that I would necessarily consider Synaptics' uh, price, to, price to earnings really frothy at this point, especially when you look at the other semiconductor industry stocks that are, uh, that are uh, their PE ratios are much, much higher. Um, they're also beating Wall Street projections for earnings per share. They beat, uh, they beat earnings per share projections in each of the last five quarters. Uh, sales are on the rise in Synaptics. Uh, and, and, and as they go right into the Internet of Things market, which is still a growing market that doesn't have a ton of players in it. So I think with Synaptics, they can really transform themselves and build themselves a great foundation, uh, especially with that Broadcom acquisition. Things are only going to get better for Synaptics. It's going to outperform the broader market by at least three times over the next 12 months. I really like this, uh, this stock. And, and so my, uh, my recommendation today is Synaptics Incorporated. Uh, and it ranks, uh, it is, uh, I believe, uh, I remember SNYA is the ticker. So uh, that's what I have. So we, to kind of recap, uh, Adam has gone with a digital marketing firm, FLNT. Charles is going with a more industrial pick with uh, Boise Cascade, BCC. And then I'm looking at more of the Internet of Things with SYNA. Now, real quickly, I'll go around the table and see if you guys have any parting shots before we uh, close things out. Charles, I'll start with you. Anything, uh, anything to close? Uh, well, you know, remember how I did mention uh, off air that uh, in Peru, there's just always a guy in a truck going by. Well, I think you can probably hear that on my microphone right now, just like, like clockwork. But at any rate, I, I, do, I do like the Internet of Things trend. Um, really, the home of the future will effectively run itself. You know, the air conditioning and heating system will go into sleep mode when nobody's home. It will know when you're coming home from work and start you know, cooling the house ahead of time or heating the house ahead of time. Uh, you know, your, 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 your refrigerator will know when you're low on milk and will just order it on Amazon and it'll just show up at your doorstep. Um, perhaps even opening the door for the delivery guy for you when you're not home. Um, you know, your, your, your hot water heater will, will regulate, you know, how much water it heats based on, on usage. Um, all of these, all of these, these things, you know, the smart home of the future, this is happening now. It's not really the future anymore. It's happening today. So, um, you know, buying the, this is sort of a, a pick and shovel play, if you will. Um, you're, you're buying the, 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 
the company that makes, you know, that, that essentially makes all of this possible behind the scenes. So I think it's a great pick. Adam, what are, you, what, what are your thoughts as we close out heading into the weekend? Uh, my parting shot is just a kind of a shameless plug for, uh, you know, the three of us, I don't know if everybody knows, but we, we run the, the newsletter Green Zone Fortunes. And really, anybody that finds value in using the six-factor Green Zone rating model to find top-performing stocks will absolutely love this newsletter. Um, if for everybody that doesn't know, I founded the newsletter. Charles Sizemore now writes it. He's the co-editor and kind of the lead of writing the monthly and, the, and doing the weekly updates. And Matt Clark is obviously our research analyst that does a lot of digging. In fact, this, uh, this month's recommendation came from Matt. He did uh, kind of the, the dirty work on digging up a company. And, and we looked at Charles and I looked at it and both gave it a thumbs up. Um, you know, Charles is a self-described uh, frugal spender. So that's why he has the headset that looks like it's from 1999. <laughs> I'll give you a shot there, Charles. But, uh, but he, he actually tells a story in this month's newsletter about how his children have more expensive gear uh, that come from the company that we're recommending and how it's, a, it's just a booming industry. It's an overlooked uh, kind of a picks and shuffles play within this industry. And uh, we think it's going to provide, uh, you know, some extraordinary profit opportunities ahead. So uh, that, that newsletter comes out next week, I believe. Uh, anybody that's not signed up, you can, uh, it's Green Zone Fortunes. You can access that uh, Money and Markets website or, and we'll uh, maybe put a, put a link here on the, on the show notes. But uh, you know, definitely give that a look if you like, if it resonates with you, these types of picks that we're sharing uh, for free here on, on the podcast, um, you really will like our high conviction portfolio of picks that uh, in Green Zone Fortunes. So. Yeah, as we like to say, these are good. Green Zone Fortunes picks are even better and, and, and their performance is expected to be even better. So it's just one of those things. Check I, it out. I would also like to defend my headset. Uh, <laughs> I actually do have a really nice studio quality mic that is sitting on my desk in Dallas because I forgot to put it in my suitcase. Uh -huh. So that's why I am using the $15 piece of junk uh, headset. So well, we can, we can hear you, you, we can hear you and we can see you and that's what's important. So the quality of your gear, that's, it's subjective. It's what it is. So no, no worries. Um, so I uh, appreciate uh, everyone, everyone's input today. And, and uh, again, you can, if you missed part, maybe part of the information that we gave you rewind and, and listen back, we have three uh, great stock picks for you today. Uh, so make sure that, uh, you know, you take a look at them and, and, uh, and, you know, follow your, follow your guidance and, and make your decisions. Uh, also, before I cut out here, uh, let everyone know that you know, go check out moneymarkets.com each and every day. Uh, safe and sound, profitable investment information for you all seven days of the week. Make sure you uh, drop in your email and uh, sign up for our free daily e-letter uh, where you get insights from Adam, from Charles, from myself, from many others on our team uh, to, that, that are there to help you and guide you to make your portfolio the most profitable that it can be. That's moneymarkets.com. So uh, for Charles Sizemore, co-editor of Green Zone Fortunes, uh, Adam O'Dell, the founder of Green, Zone, of Green Zone Fortunes, as well as chief investment strategist for Money Markets. I am Money Markets research analyst, Matt Clark, as well as your host of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Until next time, everyone, safe trading. You've been listening to the Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 